With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Roycey on baseball. Let's go here. All right, Rivers, uh, we waited last week to do the podcast for the uh, twin series to get over. And then it was so disgusting, we thought we'd wait till Monday. I wish we could have uh, done the podcast and the phone conversation we had uh, late that evening. That would have been an, uh, an all-timer. Hey, uh, but as unceremonious the uh, eliminations go, uh, second only to 06, probably, huh? Oh, easily, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that you not only went out, but you went out with such a whimper. Two runs. Uh, two Pat. runs, two doubles, seven hits in two games. Seven hits in two games, and the second game against uh, just a bunch of guys. You know, the kid the kid pitcher, they were hoping that he would go, you know, three innings, and by, these guys couldn't get a hit off him. It was pathetic, and... Uh, uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't know uh, what to, what to say about it except I don't think this bomba ball works. No, it, in the, it doesn't uh, in the postseason. No, it does when you not. get up against decent pitching, if you can't score a run, except was what was the, they had a stat there for a couple of weeks where ninety percent of their runs scored on home runs. I You're mean, no, kidding. Ninety percent? I mean, yeah, the one I think the Chicago road trip was all home runs until like the last game or something. Well and especially when Donaldson's gonna play seventy five games a summer. Oh man, that's that's uh, that's terrible. We uh uh you just wonder how they looked at him last year in Atlanta where he, when he played most of the season and thought that that meant more than like the two or the three previous, previous yes. seasons yep. when he was hurt all the time. I agree. And uh, you know, sometimes you got to admit that the the you know the uh, the outlier is the fact he was healthy, right? right? Oh yeah. Not because uh, you don't typically get healthier as you age. I, no. I know that that's a mystery, but that, that typically doesn't happen, Pat. So we'll go around the. Let's go around the lineup. Okay. Jeffers is your catcher next year. I'm okay with that. Do you just uh, release Garver? Uh, I don't think you're going to. I suppose you try to trade him, huh? But you could do think, a split. Well, I, I don't want him. I don't want him. That that what I saw of him is okay. Maybe first of all, let's go back to this covenant. Maybe everything we saw this year shouldn't be taken into too much account because there was no sure. regular build up. It was an odd was year. Yes. 60, yeah. But 
He was horrendous. He hit 125 or something. And what disgusted me was he wouldn't, it wasn't that he couldn't hit a breaking ball. He wouldn't swing at a breaking ball. You never saw such a guess hitter in your entire life, and all he guessed was fastballs. Uh, the, what proved it to me was that when they were facing you, Darvish, in Chicago on that night, and Garber and Darvish twice in a row starting him with cookie breaking balls in the middle of the zone, just get it over breaking balls because he knew. It would be strike one, and Garber wouldn't swing. Mm-hmm. That's what the scouting report told him. Both times, he just took it. It was it was like hit it onto Waveland Avenue, breaking <laughs> ball, and he took them both. I I don't know. I uh, but look at it I this mean, way. You know what he is? He's an example of when teams really start going to work on a guy. As far as okay, you know, here's scouting, what he can't do: modern yeah. analytics and modern scouting and stuff. I mean, it was brutal, and he's not. Good enough. He's not a good catcher. He's good enough to be a backup catcher, but but uh, I guess that's my point. Because what are you going to do? Are you? Would you rather they non-tender him? Because he's not going to make any money next no, year. No, but I, or would you yeah. rather give four and a half million to Alex Avila, and they're both going to oh, have no, the same batting you're, you're average? You're going to get a different backup catcher. That's that's for sure. But I don't think Garver would get you anything in a trade, and uh, he might. You know, he, there's nothing for him to take to arbitration. But the thing you got to remember about him is he's 30 now. He's going to be 30. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. he was that I old. I mean, he was 28 when he broke in, basically. Uh, I, I don't know. Gar- Jeffers is your catcher, but I, I would like to get a better left-handed hitter than uh, than Avila to be the other half. Yeah. I just don't know where you go for that. I don't think they have one in the system that I know of. Jason Castro. Let's bring him back. But, hey, I think he's available. <laughs> I think he is available. Who did he get traded to, by the way? Was no, it the no, Padres? He, I don't think he did. He get traded? I thought so. Oh, Here, yeah. look Somebody it up got hurt and they brought him in. I, I think, think he is with the Padres. I think he is with my Padres. I'm all in. By the way, on my Padres. Okay. So well, okay, Jeffers is your catcher. I'm fine with that. He's 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 a good catcher. Yeah, and but you're gonna need you know he'll play 100 games. You're gonna need somebody else. Maybe a keep Garber. I don't know, but maybe Garber wakes up. But I, he's not a he's not good enough as a receiver to, you know, to, the, the the Tom Kelly backup catcher. Who he didn't want to be able to hit, right. you know? <laughs> but, but you know, at the same time, you can't ignore what he did last year, Pat. No, but boy, it's easy to ignore when you watch those at bats this it, year. It was again, not he good. did miss a month, so right. I mean, he had the bad back too, I guess. But he would have to. I don't know. He's got to know he's coming to the club to make. He's coming to spring training to make the team. Yeah, I wouldn't give him the job because he's. Uh, I guess he's a little thin-skinned, too. Is he? So that's what I heard. Okay. Uh, Snow, God help us. You know, there was, an old, uh, there was an old, wonderful old baseball guy in town named Glenn Gostick. And Gostick was a bachelor, lived in North Minneapolis in a little home that his mother lived in. Mm-hmm. And, and was a trainer for the—he was an athletic trainer and a baseball coach and uh, just a— very different kind of cat. But, uh, and if you wanted to talk to him on the phone, you had to send him a letter, you know, <laughs> or you could, if you knew where he lived, you could go leave a note in the door. Okay. But as far as I don't, th- he didn't have a home phone, so he could, you could, uh, it wasn't because he couldn't afford it. He just didn't want one. And he'd go someplace to a neighbor's or to a pay phone or something, and then okay. he'd call you back. Okay. So a, a different guy, but he did. Every year, an analytical piece on 
that he rated all major league hitters on bases advanced, okay? So if you hit a home run, that's four, right? Mm-hmm. And But if you, you know, if you make an out and nobody advances, you, you get a zero. But if you make an out and a guy goes from second to third or sure. f- even first to second or, you know. A productive it, out. And if you hit it, a yeah. double with the bases loaded and three runs score, you get guy from third, guy from second, guy from first. You count up all those bases advanced, sure. right? Sure, And he would have this very thick document at the end of the year, and about December you'd get it in the mail from him, and it was bases advanced. And the best players in the league usually were very high on his bases advanced list. In other words, he was productive outs, yes. right? Yeah. I mean, strikeouts were zeros, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always, when people tell me strikeouts don't matter— you know, it's an out. An out is an out. I hate that phrase. I do, too, because if you don't hit it, you have no chance to advance a base runner, yep. including yourself. You don't give anybody a chance to make an error. You don't give anybody a chance to go from second to third. Uh, and you tell me strikeouts don't matter when you're trying to rally against Houston in the eighth inning, you're down, what, two to one? Mm-hmm. And he goes up there and checks swing strike three. So, no, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot have any human being playing for your team that strikes out at 483. He struck out at 483 this year. That's unbelievable. That is, that is. I mean, he is. He he won't last long enough to make if this is going to be his norm to make to reach historic figures in strikeouts. But if he did, I mean, Rob Deere is the most famous strikeout guy ever, right? <laughs> yes. With the Brewers, but mm-hmm. he was a good athlete and played center. He could play center field, right field. He was a good athlete, and he was, I think, thirty-eight percent, and in his career wow. at bats, Miguel's forty-one or two now. He's over forty for his career. Yeah, for his career, and wow. he's forty-eight percent this year. I don't know. It was it was awful. I. I actually talked to Tony Oliva for a few minutes uh, yesterday, was it? Ron, Ron, or Saturday. Ron Paranowski died, and I was trying to get a couple quotes from guys who played with him in 68, 69, mm-hmm. 70. And, uh, and then I said, well, what are you going to do with Sano? And, of course, Tony has a certain prejudice in favor of Latin American players. He's, sure. he's never seen one who couldn't play, right? Okay, right, I right. mean, you could... <laughs> You know, Louis Gomez was going to be a a great player. So Tony's Tony's got a fondness for him, and he's. I, I said, Tony, forty. Uh, he says, Well, he has to hit the ball more often. I said, Yeah, good, Tony. Thank you, Tony. I don't know what do you do with him. If, Here's I mean, my fear. He came now. He was in great shape this spring. Yes, he'd gained some weight by the time he was bigger. He by the end bigger, of the year, for sure. He was bigger when he got back here in July. The pandemic know? was not good for Miguel. I don't know. You have you got to re. He's got to remake his whole swing. Now you cannot just flail at the ball. You, like you cannot that. I know. just open up and yank. Yeah. Can you? No. I mean, what? But but how do you fix somebody? Because he looked like he was fixed for a week, and at the end of the year, he was the worst he's ever been. The last three weeks, he was the worst he's ever been. And here's what my fear is, Pat, in regards to Sano. 
because of what happened this year from finances, everybody's budget, not just the Twins, but everybody's budget's going to be going down for next year. We all know that. But they already got it. They got him, you know, for two more years. And I am fearful that that will be the reason, aside from the fact that he can't play first base, that they're not going to bring back Cruz and Sano as your designated hitter. Yeah, that could be. That could be. It depends upon what the cruise they want to get the cruise. But see, I don't. People think there's going to be a big cruise market. I don't think there is. Even with the if National League going to a DH, well, somebody might. But I nobody's going to come and say give them two years, thirty million. Not with the budgets you're going to. I mean, baseball lost an average of two hundred million dollars a team. Wow. From what they yeah. normally would be bringing in between TV and everything. But with the Miguel money and the Donaldson money still on the books, I mean, I know Marwin's oh, yeah. money's coming off. Yeah, I mean, if somebody comes to him and gives him fifteen, I don't think he's back here. No, but I, I you know, he's totally worth fifteen, by the way. Oh yeah, he is. But maybe. Uh, I you know what? Right now you're 12 games worse than the White Sox. Okay, mm-hmm. going into right now because of the young pitching they have and the young players they have, and the, you know they're every time you look out there they brought another kid from the minors who can throw 98. They had that lefty that it got yeah. something happened to him mm-hmm. and he comes in nobody could hit him. Uh, I think you got to redo a lot of things and. You know, not give up because you're in this division. You can still finish second. They're probably going to have six teams at least in the playoffs. But uh, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, uh, I, I don't know. You got to fix him. I don't know if he's not good at first base for by by far. He's not. But he's more harmless over there than he is at third. Oh, for think? sure. Yeah, for sure. But uh, somebody who's going to fix him. I mean, who's Rudy? You know, you could say, well, they lost Rawson as a pitching hitting coach, but Rudy Hernandez is sort of was Miguel's guy last year when he looked mm-hmm. like he was getting better, and Rudy's still there. I don't know how. How do you? I think you got to get him to spend the winter in Fort Myers. You know who could fix him? Not and I'm not being. I'm, I'm being serious. Joe Mauer could fix him. I think. Mm-hmm. Teach him. He's he'd yeah. obviously have his ear. Mauer yeah. did nothing but hit to the opposite field. Yeah, Mauer, you would have liked to had a little Miguel in him, but but the thing is, they they if if he if he's late and happens to hit a ball to right center, we we he's cured. <laughs> I remember Roy the Roy, boy yes. when he hit that one ball to right center. It was like Roy had discovered New Zealand or something, and he's been Magellan, uh, you know. Floating across the uh, the empty world, uh, uh, and then and then it just goes away. Then it just yeah. then he just stops doing it. And he was, I I didn't do the end of the stats, but he he was, you know that he had thirteen home runs this year. Okay. He also had thirteen singles. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Thirteen singles. Wow. That means, Did he finish over you know, 200, the thing by the about way? It, if he was watching Cruz, 204. 204. If he was watching Cruz, he would see how Cruz will, when forced, as, as hard as he swings and as mm-hmm. much of a pull hitter as he is, he'll take the single to right field if it's a big situation. Sure. Miguel won't take it. No. He will not take it. I don't know what to do with him. He's, you know, the... the uh, you know, Gleeman, who sat in front of me during the playoffs and was at the ballpark all year this year since he went to work for the Athletic and good guy. And I had, you know, but he was like Mr. Sano. And when I first started ripping Sano, he was one of the guys ripping me. 
which is fine. And but I, uh, you know, I was talking to him. I said, "What? What? This? This? This ain't gonna work." And he was, you know, he was he was not ready to write him off because you know the the whole old you know uh, OPS thing and you know that sure. even I think even this year as horrible as he was, his OPS was okay, but. He had an on-base percentage. I looked it up. You've heard of the Mendoza line, don't mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I looked at the year where Mario Mendoza played the most, uh, which was 1980. He had a higher on-base percentage than Miguel Sano did. Really? Now, Miguel's on-base was 278. Wow. He had that. When he was 4 for 42, mm-hmm. he didn't get a walk. Really? In that period. I mean, this was pathetic. But, Pat, you know, the, and you look at the lineup. Not only did he regress, Max Kepler regressed big yeah. time this year, too. We'll get to him. Oh, I, that's right. We'll We're, going We're going around the old diamond. Second base. I like the kid. I like a rice. Lose 10 pounds. Yep. He's about 10. He's turning into a butterball. He's he's two yeah. years away from being a third baseman. I hate to be <laughs> ethnic about this, but we have had a history of Hispanic gentlemen who have had success and then porked up. Ah. Usually, uh, the la- Jose Mahara. Uh, oh yeah, Maharas. Maharas. Uh, I mean, he great. He they he came up and was the middle of a division yeah. run the one year. And I remember the next year I was in spring training in the press box and he's warming up and I said, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, and I was full figured then. Yes. He just turned into a fat slob. <laughs> and, you know, in one a little bit of success, Rich Garces. Oh yeah, I Rich remember. Rich Garces was here. He was gonna be nineteen. He's gonna be the closer. They're using him in a pennant race. And as a you know, they were they were competitive. Sure. And they're using him. And he's blowing people away. The next year, he ate Venezuela. He shows up. He's enormous. And he basically ate himself out of the big leagues for about six years until he got back. Because he the went Red to Sox. Boston after that. Yeah, didn't he? and he yeah. was El El Fatto or something. I don't know what the I don't know what the I don't know what the name they had for him. But Louis, come on, Louis. That's you know you love the kid. He loves baseball. He's a character. Can hit as he proved when he first came back and hit mm-hmm. three doubles one night. Yep. But uh, and he's hilarious too when you hear him. You know when he when you're in an empty stadium and uh, he's at second base and one of the Twins pitchers throws what he thinks a good pitcher. He before the ump he yells out strike. <laughs> you know you can hear him yelling out <laughs> and he's very happy. You love everything about him, but you don't want to see him get any chubbier than he is right no, now. No, no. And he did get banged up this year. Polanco, uh, he was hurt all year. I think not, maybe not all year, but the last six weeks he was not the same. And he's had enough of a track record where I don't think you're worried about no, him long term. No, and he's okay at shortstop. He's uh, he's got to be a good shortstop. He's got to do it with his bat because he's an ordinary right. shortstop. Right. But in shortstops can't be judged the way they used to be judged on range because of the. Shifts, you know. Sure. It's not like, well, he can't play shortstop because he can't go in the hole and backhand the ball and throw it to first. Is there a chance that Royce Lewis is your shortstop next year? Uh, not or not to begin with. Maybe okay. maybe later on. Because yeah. Adrian's is not coming back. No, so they're going to, no. and neither is Marwin. 
No, it'll be interesting to who plays third base next year too, because there's, uh, you know, there's. I I think if Cruz doesn't come back, Donaldson's probably your DH, as good as a third baseman he is. But if he can keep him, if that could keep him healthy, to keep him yeah. healthy to yeah. some degree, for sure. But you don't have a third. But he is a really good third baseman when he plays twenty percent of the time. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who you're. I, Polanco's not a third baseman. He doesn't have the arm to play third base. He barely got the arm to play shortstop, and uh, that. Uh, they don't have a third. I mean, this Blankenhorn kid, I, just, I don't think is ready. They don't have a third baseman. Uh, if They don't have the backup infielder to play third base if when Donaldson's not in the lineup. they got to get that guy, and it's not Marwin. Marwin was terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Played all over. Give him credit. He was in a league. He liked third on a team and had bats. But he made two of the biggest blunders in the oh, field yeah. against yeah, Houston. Yeah, he did. He did. You know? He did. The... the, the the uh, second error was – well, they didn't call that an error, the second one. No, it was one of the hits that Barrios gave well, up the other before one, we yanked And the him. other one was through the shift. Right. The other one was a little ground ball through the shift. He didn't – you know, he was really good. But uh, I think Eddie's gone. Uh, I actually heard uh, Gleeman and uh, Bonus's uh, show on KFAN the other mm-hmm. afternoon, mm-hmm. That, uh, their, their podcast, and they, they put it in pretty good perspective that – you can't pay a guy who's ten percent above average in left field ten million dollars. You know, as yeah, far as sure. a player, that makes sense. Yeah. Who's pay him ten million? It costs you ten million to bring him back. I, th- I think there's a lot of thought that if they don't, uh, you know, they're probably non-tender if if they really? can't trade him. Wow! Uh, you know, how it's not going to be easy to trade him with the with that money. With yeah, the, wow. with that money with post-pandemic budgets. And, you know, I mean, that's a pretty good baseball player. That's a pretty good guy to sign. Well, if DFAing him results in Cruz coming back, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Because Cruz is far more well, valuable to this team. And you got your left fielder. Kirilov's going to be your left right. fielder. The other issue becomes Buxton. I mean, what the hell? You, you know, uh, for for reasons this year that really weren't, none of them was him from running into a wall no. or anything. Well, but, one, he got uh, hit by a pitch in the head. Yeah, he got hit by a pitch in the head, but he still missed, what, did he play 40 of the 60? I, I don't so. even know. Pat, there's no way he's not back with this team. No, no, no yeah. he's back, but here's the thing. You need a back when you're planning for next year, you need a backup third baseman who can pay f- play 40% of the games, and you need a backup center fielder who can play 40% of the he games. He played right? in 39 games this 39. year. 39, so he plays two-thirds of the time. Say he plays two-thirds of the time. You still need somebody to play uh, 50 Fine. games. I saw Lavelle's won't be back. Okay. I think Jake on will be back, won't be Jack. He had Jake Cave not back. I bet Jack Cave's back. Uh, you think so? Because well, I'd be okay who, if they I went with a better option there. Yeah, well, Gilbert Celestino is very good defensively <laughs> and can hit. Uh, uh, By the way, Buxton had the same number of home runs as Miguel. They both hit 13. Yep. And Miguel did it in 14 more games than Byron. So What was Miguel, 204? Miguel right? was 204 with 90 strikeouts, sir. Mm-hmm. That is impressive in 60 games, 90 strikeouts. How many games did he play? Miguel played in 53. Pat, in six years, six years, Miguel's career, 834 strikeouts. But how many games? In 539 games. Okay, so six years, five. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is less than 100 games a year. Uh, Well, no, the first year he came up at 
at midseason. So right. like, he you can't it, take the, play you can't it in games. that from him. Actually, how many outside times, of outside how many, of uh, how many times did he strike out in fifteen? In twenty fifteen, he had a hundred and nineteen strikeouts. Wow. In eighty games. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's somebody said, well, he's got the, you know, Killebrew at the same age. You know, yeah. had this and this and home runs wise that Miguel's like somewhere where Killebrew is. Yeah. It's only striking out about Harmon led the league in strikeouts two or three times, and he wasn't close to this. Yeah. I think his max was like one fifteen or something. In two thousand and eighteen, at the ripe old age <laughs> age of twenty five years old, in seventy one games, Miguel Sano struck out a hundred and fifteen times and finished with a one ninety nine batting and average. Last year was by far wow. his best year, right? So, and last year he yeah. did okay, but but I don't know what you do with him. And you trade Kepler. I do. Buxton, I trade Kepler for a pitcher. Yep, I trade he's Kepler. My, he's my trade item. He can't play against left-handed pitching. He gets a little hot. And here's the thing. There'll be a market for him because people see that athletic body. They yep. see that, you know, that, that one, once in a while when he's on a hot streak and he's banging them out, banging those screamers out the right field. But... Uh, He's had horrible stretches uh, last couple of years. When he gets into one of his bad stretches, it's brutal. Plus, you have options for yeah, corner outfield. Well, you got Larnick, yeah. you got Larnick, Kirilov, and and people. And Brent Rooker will be around next year as a platoon player. You probably what you could do is you could have the three corner outfielders: Kirilov, Larnick, and Rooker. Now, Rooker, you don't want to expose him too much in the outfield. No, but it gives you a right-handed hitter. To you know, playing left when you know right. Kirilov's having a hard time against lefties, or I don't think he's going to have a hard time against lefties. And Larnick, the public hadn't seen Larnick yet this spring. I liked him better than Kirilov, but Kirilov's got that magical swing. Yeah, he does have a great swing. Uh, which Daddy started teaching him when he was four. <laughs> Dad's a yeah. You know, well, he's a he, coach, doesn't guru. he have a big campus oh, or yeah. something out there? Yeah, he's a that's his life was uh, hitting. You know, and uh, he's got the, the the kid was starting, you know, did that. He wasn't chasing girls. He was a good Christian boy. So he was hitting, uh, you know, a very strong Christian kid. And uh, but, yeah, he's he's going to hit and Larnick can hit. And I think it's time to turn it over some degree. I do too. You know. Yeah, I do too. You got to get more. They have to get more losing, athletic. Losing Eddie is not going to make you more athletic, but but you know you got to. I I think that's why. Here's here's another thought. Maybe not for this year, or at least not until June. But Polanco becomes your Marwin. Oh yeah. You know, and plays all over, because uh, you know. Polanco, when he was a kid in the minors, and about a year away from big leagues, he had a real rough year at shortstop one year. Yep. Or second. And remember, they played him. When he came up here to play shortstop, he'd played second all year in the minors. Because I remember it was in he Texas, had, right? Yeah. yeah. But he had not played a game at Rochester at short, oh. and they called him up and put him at short. That's really? good player development right there. <laughs> but uh, uh, but they had, before that, talked about moving him to the outfield. Really? So, uh you know, he could become your 
super sub who gets 550 at bats, right? Sure. Oh, plays yeah. all over because you're going to well, need him at third. You can he could even be your backup center fielder be, when, if he's healthy. Because so. at some point, it's got to become the Kirilov, Larnick, and Royce Lewis team. It has yeah. to. And okay, Royce Lewis, great athlete. Uh, I think he's going to have the same trouble hitting that Buxton did. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not a. It's not a classic swing. He's a, you know, he's a, he gets hot. He's an athlete, and he might have improved, but uh, the the real baseball people that I talk to, he's, he's, he's you know, when they they signed him, the swing needs some work, and uh, I, I'm not sure where it is right now, but everybody loves him as a kid, and uh, there was some thought, you know, that he wasn't going to stick a shortstop, but I think they like him, so. Well, I'm just looking at their team stats right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine players, Pat, that had over 35 strikeouts in 60 games. Yeah, but here, look it up. Look it up, the the batting averages. How many guys who played a lot hit under 220? Oh, no, God. Under two, 225. The only ones that hit over 225 were Buxton, Rosario, Polanco, Cruz, and Arise. There, there's your problem. I mean, so... What Kepler end up hitting? 215? Kepler ended up hitting two, 225. 225. 225. Well, when you hit zero against lefties, it makes it harder. You yeah. know, you got to be really good against right handers. You know who I, and I know it's not going to happen because A, money, but there's just not a spot. The kind of player I'd love to see them add is that DJ LeMahieu from the Yankees. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's now a two time batting champion. Oh. Right, uh, and and I think he's a free agent this year. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see them add a guy like that. He's he might be the Yankees' best player though. They're not letting him but, get away. But the only problem is he's terrible at second base, and he can't play first. They they put him at first mm-hmm. once in a while, but he can't really play there either. That's his only problem is you can't really put him anywhere. You know, I think they really uh, have to uh, figure out to uh, they need. One more. Here's the trouble with Larnick and Kirilov is neither of those guys are speed guys, but uh, and they're both so left-handed. You, and Arises doesn't run that good, and Polanco ran good, but he didn't run good this year because he was hurt. So I does guess Miguel run good for uh, <laughs> for a large man? Yeah, once he gets started, I, I heard that Grinky's. You know, when he got thrown out by a eighth of an inch. Oh, the Bregman crate the play that Bregman, Bregman made, yeah. But but uh, Grinky, you know, who's an odd duck, but I guess one of his quotes was, I knew he was out. He was going to be out because uh, he kind of, you know, when he started, he like rocked back. He, he went, in other words. Instead of rocking forward. Okay, and, instead and of going he forward. Kind of, he kind of, when he got started, he kind of rocked back. He said, and, you know, and he got a stuck there at the plate before he got rolling. You know, yeah, and and he, he wasn't. Said, I knew I was going to be out. Really, he actually was moving okay once he got rumbling, but uh, but I would, you know, on those two choppers to, th- you know, we we all love Nelson, but on those two choppers, they hit the third two games in a row that were big plays. Eighty-five to ninety percent of all major league baseball players would have been safe. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's one of their problems. They don't they don't make you know. And I heard a lot of people wanting. Uh, Wanting Buxton to bunt there when they're first and second. Mm-hmm. Remember that in, mm-hmm. the, in the second game, right? Mm-hmm. He should have bunted. Well, he would have bunted, except Kepler was the next hitter against a left-handed pitcher. Yeah. And would have struck out. And that's the other problem. Yeah. I mean, outside of Buxton, 
Kepler and Polanco when he's healthy. There's not a lot of guys that can go first to third on a single on this team. No, that's that is they uh, they they have tied themselves to Bomba Ball, and they did it again in this year's draft. Their first draft. Choice. Oh, the kid from North Carolina. First draft yeah. choice, but just a big DA. You know, a future. Well, DH. he's Rooker. Yeah. Oh right? no, he's he's even is he bigger, bigger than that? thicker, and strikes out more. Wow. Yeah, I mean, strikes out a lot. Sabato, right, or something. I can't like remember that. his name. But they they kind of went all in on this strategy of sitting there hitting home runs, and you know, it might be fun, might win a lot of games, but it's not going to win in October. And this year, it didn't even win in September. No. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we didn't even get to October. October. We didn't. We can't get on them for failing in October. All right, I have to bring this up. 29th and 30th. Right? What was yeah. your reaction when you saw Rocco Baldelli, Pat, Jose Barrios? And I know the lineup was the major problem and the reason they lost the series. I get that. But the, your reaction when Baldelli pulled Barrios after a, what, 60-pitch? Five inning performance against the Astros. You know, there's a there's a uh, this is a little bit off to the side, but it's what I come to. There's a romantic comedy called Plus One, <laughs> which I ran across about three years, and it's my favorite romantic comedy of all time. And it's what is it? Maya Kirshner is her name or something, and she's great. And Jack Quaid, who's the the daughter of uh, Dennis Quaid and Megan Ryan. And it's this typical relationship, and they end up together at the end and the whole thing. But they end up going to weddings together, right? Because uh, they're both single, and they don't like to sit at the single table or something. So, But they go out to Hawaii for this wedding, and they're, they got two buddies, of, two gay guys who are buddies, and, and uh, they're having a great conversation on the water there and uh, on the ocean and— and it's announced the the one guy says that he did his his companion they're they are getting married too proposed to him at Costco you know <laughs> and so they start giving him giving them a hard time about you know Costco mm-hmm. and the one the the guy who got proposed to the white guy is a white guy and a black guy and the white guy says who gives a bleep straight people Overthinking, overthinking, <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm thinking with Wes oh. and Rocco, straight people, oh. overthinking, over, plus long term. Here we go. Here we go. Plus long term. What is the message you want to send to Thank Jose Barrios? Thank you. You're the man. Thank you. Thank you for six great innings, Jose. Not. Oh man, we're relieved you stumbled. You made it through five. Now we can get you out of the game. It was an awful. It was a horrible decision and a horrible message to send to Jose Perez. You couldn't have stated it any better. I was in this room looking mm-hmm. at the TV and I was screaming things that probably should have led to my dismissal, but I couldn't believe it. Pat. You are you are telling him that you have no confidence in him. That's exactly what you're doing. And he and you also know that he is in a very emotional, and not, you know. No, he cares. He's a yes, yeah, but it's it's he's got this pin up anxiety about him, and that's why when he's going bad, that it sticks with him. Because he's like thinking four too much. Starts, Absolutely, right? yes. And now you got him pitching five. He's probably never been a more proud of a game that he's pitched in his life. And you walk over there and. 75 pitches and two bleeding hits, it should be a no-hitter. Right. 
And, uh, you and you're know, telling them, hey, kid, uh, thanks for the great job, but we're going to go to Cody Bleepin' Station yes, here. because we don't have any trust in you. It was a brutal decision. And, it's, and, I, and I hated the explanation then, and I hate it now about Rocco saying uh, the, the, the numbers suggest. I don't care, Rocco. He, but here's what really troubles yeah, me, Pat. Yeah, but here's what the numbers, the numbers suggest. Third time he, through the that lineup. That he isn't good the third time through the lineup when he's not throwing the ball good. Right. When he's when he's had a little trouble the first two times through the lineup, and Pat, we, this you're, he's pitching, he's pitching well enough. His stuff is good enough that those numbers don't apply to the way he's throwing the ball. Correct. You know, and that's the I think that's the part that bugs me the most. And I don't really have anything against Rocco. I don't know him. I've never spoke to him in my life. But I fear that he doesn't have that feel for the game like a Tom Kelly does. Well, I wonder what the the analytics would have told TK in the ninth I inning of game, yeah, well, game seven. I, you know, there's I would never, I would never question his instincts, but I would question his, uh, his total reliance on that he's been brainwashed completely to, you know. But but right. I blame Wes Johnson as much as him. Okay, Wes is. I mean, he. Uh, Wes is it's fifty fifty on pitching decisions. Okay, and they overreacted and they panicked and uh, it was a brutal decision and it's and and it's not only the short term effects it might be the long term effects. Absolutely, right? yes, you know? absolutely. And your your bullpen gave up more runs than your starters did. Yeah, and it wasn't even yeah, close. My Ada was great, and you know my Ada was. He, I would have got another inning out of him in this situation too. Ninety one. You know that they, well, I wrote a column about the game one pitching. Their whole pitching decisions, the whole two games, was brutal. It was because if if you're not going to get six out of Maeda in game one, you got to get two out of Trevor May after he blows him away in the sixth, yep. and then and then you go to uh, Duffy in the seventh. Now Duffy gave up a run; he wasn't as sharp as usual. But how are you going to get to the finish line? Right. If you you if you've already used up May and Duffy through seven, and that, who are the only two guys you can really rely on now? Right. And that's I guess what I had. A, I didn't in game one. Fine, I get it. Game two, your season is over if you lose this game, and it there just didn't seem like there was any. It was panic. It was panic that they but they to hook Jose when he's pitching like that oh. was just stupid, especially when. You you don't want Romo to get anywhere near the mound no. right now. He's 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 been awful. He's, it's over for him. Uh, I think he's been over for him since he chased Lindor down the line. Yes. But uh, you, you don't want to. But again, to go back to game one Tuesday, if you pitch May in the sixth and he gets him out in eleven pitches, the middle of the order. Now you got you know that team the top four right mm-hmm. yep. you get the top four out then you're okay yes right so he would have been facing five six and seven send him back out there mm-hmm. God Almighty he's six foot four and two thirty <laughs> and he's a rock and he just threw eleven pitches and you hook him yeah and then and then you've got to pitch Duffy in the seventh and then you Rogers is Something's wrong with him and Romo. You don't want to pitch. How the hell are you going to get to the ninth with a one-zero lead? Right. Because you're the way you're swinging the bats. Your whole strategy had to be: I got to win this game one to nothing. Yes. And, and you'd be proud of me, by the way. So when that happened, when when I saw Rocco tap uh, tap him on the shoulder, 
I said, I grabbed my crap and I had to get in my car because I had to listen to what Gladden had to say. And Provis is going through the, and it, no, I'm not ripping Corey, but Provis is going through the, third well, time. third time through the order. And Danny goes, huh. <laughs> it was, was just it? perfect. <laughs> oh, I should call up Kelly and ask him what he thought. Oh, I'd love to see what he, oh, that's what I said. Man, it would be so great to hear what TK had I know this thing. Rocco and Wes and Jack wouldn't have gotten along well. No, no. <laughs> I wonder what Jack, Jack wasn't around, right? What, Jack, what do you mean? Jack probably wasn't at the ballpark. I wonder what he thought of the Brios getting Well, he did out. a few games. No, no, but or I mean. Or you meant for the playoffs. For I'm that sorry. game, yeah, okay, obviously, yeah. their, their, you know, their TV crew wasn't even working. You know, Bremer, yeah. I saw Bremer in the stands, but, uh, but uh, I, yeah, it was stupid. They, they really screwed up their pitching the whole, the whole series, in my opinion. So uh, you got to bring. T- I think you got to give base some money and bring him back. I do too. And uh, Duffy and Rogers. Is he a free agent? By the way, is Trevor a free agent? I think he is. Yeah. Okay. okay. He'll, he'll probably there'll be more of a market for Trevor May than Eddie Rosario. I can guarantee. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And uh, uh, I, I don't know. They're uh, right now. I mean, they've Rocco's what six nineteen winning percentage or something. I mean, they've had two good years, two good regular seasons, but I think they're on a cusp right now, going way backwards. Especially when that team in the south side is on their oh, way God. up. Yeah, they are. They are. They just have much better minor leagues, and because where's the okay? We've been talking about uh, Kirloff and Larnick, and well, Larnick got in the conversation this year, but Kirloff and Brios now for like. Oh, three years, right? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Who's next? Where are the pitchers? Yeah, they where are the pitchers? Belazovic, I liked him, and they finally brought him to the camp in St. Paul. At the end, they didn't see him, but this Alcala is going to be a just another arm in the bullpen. The kid throws hard, and Duran, we never saw him, but they got you know. Uh, Where's the pitching development? That was supposed to be Derek's big, big thing, right? Because the year that they drafted, the year they drafted Lewis one overall, wasn't there a uh, a kid from uh, was it Ontario? Where did they the the, they had a supplemental pick at the end of the first round? Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, I saw him throw this spring. I liked him. A big, tall, uh, lanky kid, and um, and really good. I was shocked that he didn't that they didn't have him in St. Paul. Uh, when it started, he finally came like for the last week or ten days. Okay, be interesting. I would imagine. I'd like to slide on down to the uh, tiny little condo and fight my way through the pythons and uh, <laughs> and go over to that camp they're having in this month in Fort Myers to see who's there. But I'm sure there won't be any. You know, their whole thing now is to keep as many people away as you can. So it's not like I could wander over there and hang out at the field. I like got to get my Diet Cokes out of the fridge. <laughs> like, I've been, uh, like I've been known to do in the past. So uh, it would be interesting to see what's going on down there. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little pessimistic about where they are right now. I am too. I uh, just, you know, they're, they're not. Maeda was great. Brios, you just basically peed in his shoes, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, but he, plus, he's not a free agent. They got him for two more years, Jose. But they got to 
make their decision on him here pretty Well, didn't quick. they attempt to go long-term with him before yeah, the start of this went, year? Yeah, well, you know, God almighty, he and his agent saw the money pitchers were getting, and they didn't take it. But uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to – you know, the idea of signing anybody long-term this winter is – Sure, not going to happen because you don't the know. owners will have a restricted amount of money, and the players are going to be looking for the same contract. The players aren't going to concede that there's twenty percent less money. You know, the player getting right. near free agency is going to want the same contracts that the other guys got when baseball was making its full revenues. So, I, I got to think you're just going to see one year contracts. This are you winter. thinking they're going to strike? Oh, they're not that stupid. Okay. Are they? Well, I don't know. Just the, the way you hinted at that. Admi- no, okay. no, I'm just saying this winter, trying to sign Jose Barrios to the realities of post-pandemic. I gotcha. I when gotcha. you don't know what, you might not have fans in the ballpark till next July, you know? Well, if Governor Walls has his way, there'll never be fans attending a game again. Well, I I don't know. When the President of the United States can't save himself. Yeah. As I said to Joe, he said something the other day. I said, well, at least I didn't spend 200000 to get the virus, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, there's some anecdotal evidence that uh, Wallace continues to, yep. you know, that he's got some guys out there running around. But right now this thing is, it's, all sports are just, in an, I mean, the NBA is just completing its terrible ratings, Oh, you know, if they're horrendous. Terrible ratings. Uh, TV is, they're negotiating their TV contracts, Ooh. and the TV networks aren't going to be giving them the same, you know. The reality is, there's going to be a lot less money in sports, when the, even when this thing ends for a while, and the, yet the players in all sports are going to want the same money they did get. Mm-hmm. So... It's uh, it's it's hard to figure out what the Twins are going to try to do this winter, but they have some work to do. Because there aren't going to be Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper deals this no, offseason. No. Boy, aren't you glad you didn't give Bryce Harper that money? He's okay, but I mean, he's but I mean his numbers are actually good this he year. He can but still hit, fi- but you can't. He's a statue in the outfield. Phillies plus the Phillies uh, missed the play. They, they just see that Andy fired the general manager. So, but the the team president. The, the guy who owns the team came out with the quotes, not Andy, when they fired the GM, and said, the Phillies' problem for 100 years, he's apparently a new owner, mm-hmm. has been developing players. The Phillies for 100 years have done a bad job of developing players. Wow. So he goes back to, they were really good in the Connie Mack era there for a while, <laughs> but since Connie Mack had to... Well, they won a World uh, Series in, what, 06? I know, but he's... Uh, <laughs> He's uh, apparently he's got himself a uh, an owner who's uh, not a not a wallflower, gotcha. you know, Andy. So gotcha. he's uh, he's gonna put up with uh, you know he had the he had the Angeles crew in uh, Baltimore. That was a good job too. I, I I'm wondering if Andy might be next. Oh, that with yeah. a quote like that, our problem for a hundred years have been developing players. So and he, isn't he the same owner that says we're gonna spend stupid money? When they signed Harper and they gave the money to uh, 
uh, well, not gave the money to, but they got Rio Muto, the catcher. And, yeah, yeah, and right. Segura. Yeah, yeah. He came in, and we're going to win, and we're going to, you know, he, yeah, yeah, right. He, he basically admitted, and they tried to give. Oh, and they gave McCutcheon that two-year fifty million dollars. Yeah, which was stupid. And right. did they try to get Garrett Cole too? I think they tried to did get they really? Garrett Cole okay. too. So, you know, the Yankees are going to win the World Series, don't you? Is that who you be, like the rest yeah. of the way? And now that they got their act together, although the Dodgers are, but, but I think that's Dodger Yankee World Series. And last time we had a goofy season, 1981. First sure. World Series I ever covered, 1981. And that was Yankees. Uh, Dodgers beat them Dodge, in six. Dodgers beat them in six. Yankees won the first two in Yankee Stadium. Looked like a mismatch. Went out to LA, got beat three straight. Then uh, came home and they started Tommy John and uh, George went nuts and uh, the uh, that's when the death threats were called into Winfield and you know because Winfield was that's when George called him Mr. May and <laughs> and uh, Winfield is I think it was Winnie's first year there. Sure. And George was ripping him for not getting any hits. And then Winnie, not being the brightest guy in the world, I think it was game five before he got his hit. They were losing their third straight in Dodger Stadium. He gets a single and he asks for the ball because it's his first World Series Ooh. hit. Ooh. You know, it wasn't like it went out over the bleachers and left field. Or it led to a game-winning run or no, something. No, no. <laughs> but the best part of that whole World Series was George getting in the fight in the hotel. Oh, God. That's before your time. Yep. But George, it, with the Wilshire or whatever it is, it was right in Wilshire Park there. They're, they're big. Did you see the photo of Winnie over the weekend, by the way? Is he looking good? Oh, he looks like he could still hit. Oh, yeah. He never let himself get away. I think it was uh, it was Murph. Murph tweeted out the photo that said uh, Winfield could still hit 340. He was yeah. jacked. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember asking a couple of things about Winnie. A, I remember, you know, he always had the hitch when, yeah. he, when he went to hit. And I remember, who was I asked? I can't remember. It was an old hitting guy. I said, how can he hit with that hitch? He says, that's how good he is. <laughs> you know? Would it have been somebody from the U? No, no, no. Okay. Somebody from baseball. Okay. Somebody, twins, old twins hitting coach or somebody because oh. because he still had the bat speed. You know, He could still get the bat to the ball. But that 81 World Series, uh, George gets in the fight at the Wilshire Hotel. He can, that goes up. He shows up at the ballpark. He's got bruises all over his face and stuff and says that he— uh, he was in the elevator with some fans who were bad mouthing the city of New York, and he had to stand up for New York was his deal. <laughs> and Lee Montville, the great columnist for the Baltimore Globe, who went off to Sports Illustrated and, and still around, but not writing much, wasn't even at the series. But he wrote a column about how he and George were riding up the elevator together, and they got on the first floor, and then the second floor they met some Hell's Angels and beat the crap out of them. And the third floor, they met some Nazis and they beat the hell out of them. And and then he, and then he, and the fight had taken place like on the sixth floor. And I don't know who else they beat up. You know, they kept beating up these groups. We didn't have terrorists yet. So it wasn't that, I don't know. They beat somebody. I kept the column for years. I don't have it anymore. But he said, and then I got out of the elevator. I don't know what happened on the sixth floor. Someone, George, said he fought the people bad. God, it was just hysterical, him and George, going back to back, oh. beating the crap out. George was unbelievable. All that mattered to him was getting on that back page of the two tabloids, the, the Post <laughs> and the Daily News. But that's also when the Post reported that 
uh, I don't know who reported first that Winfield had received death threats. Got a call at the hotel mm-hmm. threatening his life when he was still out in L.A. before the fifth game. So, and then they came up. The post, we get there. I flew in on the red eye from game five. Flew in on the red eye, and we went to the Carnegie Deli and had breakfast before we went to the hotel. And then there was workouts, but there's a bunch of us had flown in on the red eye. And uh, so it's like 7 in the morning in New York, and we get the papers, and, and you know, they got Winfield's death threats, the big story. And then the afternoon editions, they got the Post has Rick Cerrone, the catcher. Mm-hmm. He got a death threat, too. And and the front, front page said, fear grips stadium, <laughs> you know. And then the back, or one, one's... The front page, I think, was Yank death threats. And they had Cerrone there, who I don't even know what he did. And then the back page was Fear Grip Stadium. <laughs> and we thought that, you know, the Post, like, put in, an, put in a hotline where you could call in your Yank death threats so that they could, you know, Fear Grip Stadium. God, that was a great series. First one I ever covered, it was fantastic. I never had so much fun in my life reading the New York tabloids oh. as the Yankees were going down the tank and George, <laughs> you know, all the New York papers would have somebody assigned after the game to see what George had to say. Really? Even during the regular season. So he was there. Jerry Jones way before Jerry Jones. Oh yeah, but he was the press box and George's suite were on the same level. So the the Times, the Post, but the time the Post and the Daily News particularly and Newark at a Newsday then was a tabloid too. I think. Okay. And they wait for George to see who he's going to rip. So it was great. So the Yankees-Dodgers rerun this year, uh, all these years later. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, Miguel Sano cannot continue to strike out at 48.3% of his at-bats. I would That's, say yeah. so. Uh, That's the message for today. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the other message is, uh, why did you do that to poor Jose Barrios, who's already a nervous kid? So anyway, we'll do this again next week. Maybe. We don't know. What the heck? Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't flu. They're playing well so far. And so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.